I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd alert! Hello there, it's Obi John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to an all new Nerd Alert. We are kicking off. I was about to say spooky season, but that's not the right season. We're kicking off the holiday season. Uh, we had so much fun during Spooky Month of doing a whole month of sort of themed entertainment. We're going to try it again. Uh, so this episode will officially kick off. Uh, I don't know what we're calling it yet. Deck the Halls season? Die Hard season? Um, Gremlins season? Whatever it is. <laughs> it's that time of the month, uh, that time of the year, when uh, you know the lights go up and the trees come out and the eggnog flows and the uh, various watchings of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And, you know, it's, there you go. It's Shitter's Full Month. There you go. That's what this is. Just made it up. There you go. Uh, but here to help me ring in Shitter's Full Month, I have my right-hand man, uh, the, the host of the fastest-growing show on this network and the best-produced, because he edits his episodes, because he's smart like that, uh, <laughs> House Rules, the man behind House Rules, the man who keeps the nerd in the top nerdy two network, Commander Scott. So <clears throat> I, I learned something interesting. This week, I try to learn something interesting every day. But if you will listen to this show, you should know that whenever Scott says, I learned something this week, just strap in because here we go. Well, it shouldn't be. This actually won't take that long because. Uh... So half an hour strap in. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to storytelling, we, we have what is what is known as the, the dramatic structure. I'm sure you have heard of this. And. <clears throat> In the dramatic structure, there, there's many different types and, and, and structures and stuff. But the, the, the common core, the, the, the base, the go-to, I guess you could say, is the three-act structure. You know, uh, the beginning, the middle, the end, the intro, the climax, the conclusion, the, you know, just, just straight through. But I heard it referred to as something else. Uh, this week that I'd never heard it referred to as before, and it piqued my interest. I heard it referred to as, uh, and I can't pronounce this, the the Aristotelian structure. I, I, I'm butchering that pronunciation of that first name, and I and I, I stopped because I'd never heard this word before, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And so I, I looked into it, and the three act structure apparently is generally 
uh, attributed to Aristotle, the 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 Greek philosopher, uh, who wrote a treatise uh, on you know storytelling called, uh, called Poetics, uh, in which he wrote a whole story uh, is what has a beginning, a middle, and an end, uh, and. Uh, Basically, he, he did this whole thing in the number three, the first uh, odd prime number, the lowest, uh, the, sorry, the second, the smallest of the prime numbers. Uh, and, and he just went on this whole thing with three and storytelling. And yeah, so Aristotle is kind of where we get the, the, the gold standard of storytelling and the dramatic structure. I, I did not know that prior to this week. So yeah. all the useless knowledge you missed that on by not going to college. Don't you wish you could have spent tens of thousands of dollars to learn that in college? <laughs> <sighs> no, that's awesome, Scott. Thank you for, for thanks for learning us. We appreciate it. Hey, I try. Uh, well, then rounding out this, uh, I guess that makes him the end. Uh, <laughs> if we're the beginning, the middle and the end, he is the end. Joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via a DeLorean, if he's done being mad at me from before the show started, it's the Doc. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Hans Gruber? <laughs> who, let him, who let him in here? I'm going to count to three. Mr. Potter. One. Ooh, three. It kind of sounds like Hans Gruber if he was doing a Sean Connery impression <laughs> after having a stroke. It does get a little Connery there, yeah. <laughs> There's a uh, distinct aftertaste of Connery on there. I'm getting notes of uh, oak and uh, some vanilla and... Mr. Potter. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, I'm here. You, wait, oh, what? Jason's here now too. Wow. Oh, okay. I didn't, was was he behind Hans <laughs> hey, Gruber this whole time? Is hey, that what happened? Han, Hans Counter. <laughs> uh, Sorry, this I, is I my mean... favorite time of year. Sean Gruber. Nice to see you, Hans. I didn't. Sean Gruber. I didn't know you knew where I lived. I let myself in. Uh-oh, cool. We're just going to let Jay take the rest of the show. <laughs> One-man show. Uh, and, and I meant to introduce you as the man who's currently having PTSD over the term common core. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Scott, when you said when you said common core, all of a sudden I just started twitching in my chair. You couldn't <laughs> see it, but like... Those are trigger words. Careful. Yeah, it's like it's worse than a nom flashback. You just get so, that. So in the in the show notes for this, do we need to do we need to put like some content warning if you're a math teacher? You know, yes, yeah, content I'm, warning for math teachers. Anyone? Cool. Did you know? I just got to throw this out there. I just want to throw this out there. When they brought in the Common okay. Core and when they started out, No Child Left Behind. Okay, and and nothing nothing against former presidents, but George W. Bush. said that he wanted 50% of all students to score above average. 
I think you broke Scott. <laughs> like I, I'm pretty sure I had a stroke and a coronary embolism at the same time when he said that. I have never heard that quote. God, yeah. that's good. Oh shit! Yes. I want that as a bumper know. sticker now. <laughs> my story, my students. Piece. My students score fifty percent above average. That's <laughs> uh, not how averages work, George. <laughs> Look, so maybe math wasn't his strong suit. Okay. <sighs> yeah. So that's what that's what I dealt with. It's clearly not the strong suit of his, uh, you know, uh, speechwriters or proofreaders or I don't know any of the other hundred plus army uh, of staff no. that should have uh, vetted that speech. Yep. Oh, God, that was good. I, I think we can call it a night, guys. Oh, I, think, okay. I, don't, I don't think we're going to get better than that. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining us, Hans Gruber. And uh, <laughs> this has been uh, the kickoff to Shitter's full month. And we'll catch you next week. <laughs> I, I, I did. I think I broke Scott. I never heard him laugh like <laughs> yeah. that. That was like it took it like it was like one of those things where it took him a second for it to yeah. click and then yeah. he was just like wait yeah. yeah i had to run through it i had to visualize it in my head i'm like holy shit his, his his brain is trying to make the math work on that it's just like <laughs> and eventually his brain just like nope doesn't work <laughs> this is not when it, when i heard that i was like that's not how averages work this is not oh my god oh Okay. Anyway. Well, we are <laughs> our right. powers combined. We are nerd <laughs> alert. Uh, and we are kicking off uh Shitter's full month uh by giving you our best gift ideas for the geek or nerd in your life. Um and we didn't really specify what we meant by that, so I'm expecting this to run the gamut of what all could be considered a cool uh, gift for a geek and or nerd. Because uh, there are two different, the geek and nerd are two different terms. I just want to be clear on that. Nerds make a lot more money than geeks. That's the primary. See, I always defined it as nerd is a look. Geek is an attitude. No, 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 no. So nerd is, Jason's a prime example. Because Jason is a nerd and a geek. Um. Nerds are the ones who are super into like math and science and computers and whatnot. Hence, nerds tend to make a lot more money. Ah. Geeks are super into all the ancillary shit that doesn't really matter, like movies, TV, comic books, collectibles, all that kind of shit. You can be both a geek and a nerd. You can also be a geek without the nerd. Um, that's me. I'm not saying I'm better. It just means I, I don't understand math and science very well. That's why I have you guys. Um, so you can be both. You can be one without the other. But there are two differences. Geek and nerd are not interchangeable. All Thank right. you for coming to my TED Talk. <clears throat> um, I, I, I bet, uh, bet uh, Obi-John there was in that 50% that was uh, above average. I was 50% above average. Yep, that's how math works. <laughs> Look, I might not be so great at the numbers there, but it's uh, all I got. I'm, just, I'm not good with numbers. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, I'm really it's good at adding compute. 25 the, to something. The numbers. Uh, good. But no, that's it. The, the numbers just don't compute. You cut off for a second there, sorry.
Uh, so, uh, who wants to start our list before we check it twice? Wait, that's the naughty nice list. Never mind. <laughs> who wants to kick off this this gift list? Well, I, I, I'll kick it off. Okay. Because this is actually a gift, an early Christmas present that I have actually received this year. Oh. Um, and it was one of when we, when we uh, discussed the possibility of of doing an episode on you know gifts for nerds and geeks and uh, things that are 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 uh, in that vein. If you're looking, if you have shopping ideas, um, now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this that this is gonna be a little out of my wheelhouse. It's gonna be game related. Uh, just Whoa! So... <laughs> Swinging for the fences there. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know. So, um, this is a product that just came out here in the last two weeks. I think uh, it's it's brand new. Uh, the it's it's for a role playing game called RuneQuest. Now, RuneQuest itself is not new. RuneQuest is a role playing game that's been around since the late seventies. Uh, it was uh, created by a gentleman named Greg Stafford. Uh, it, it's been published in several different versions over the years by several different publishing companies. Um, recently, the the uh, role-playing game publishing company called Chaosium uh, has acquired the rights to RuneQuest. Uh, and they have updated it, and they have released a new edition, which kind of incorporates uh, their, their BRP, the basic role-playing system, uh, which is a beautiful system. And just recently, the starter set box set for this game has dropped and is available on uh, their website of chaosium.com. Uh, it's a $30 price point. It's a wonderful, wonderful product. All of their stuff is good. Uh, nice, sturdy cardboard on the box. This is not a skimpy box. Wonderful art. <clears throat> uh, it comes with four books, plus character sheets, plus map, and a couple of handouts. Uh, the books, uh, I, I haven't gone through it all yet, uh, but the first book is basically your intro to the rules. The second book, I believe, is your intro to the world. Uh, the third book is a standalone adventure that's single player you can run through yourself to kind of learn the game, uh, which I haven't got to yet. And part of the reason, there's two reasons I bring this up. One is, uh, like I said, I just recently got it, and and, and, and I love this product. and uh, the second is RuneQuest is 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 probably one of the the best you know, role playing systems out there uh, uh, because it it's high fantasy and low fantasy at the same time. It's really interesting uh, that it has magic and, and and gods and and everything, but most of what goes on is you know low magic stuff. It's it's rare to see magic, at least you know overt things of magic. But the reason I fell in love with this is it's one of the few games uh, that I played uh, over the years where if you pick up a weapon, like in D&D, and, and you, you know, Obi-John, you've played D&D. &D. Uh, uh, Doc, I know you haven't played D&D, &D, but you played Star Wars with us a, a few times and such. In D&D, yeah. in, in if, if you're not familiar, if you're not proficient with a specific type of weapon, say a long sword. You, you're not proficient with it. You can still pick up a long sword and fight with it and do damage. Right? You just have to roll very well to do so. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But 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 the, the there's really no risk to picking up a long sword and trying to fight with it. 
Same as in Star Wars. If if you're not proficient with, you know, a heavy blaster, there's still no risk associated in picking up a heavy blaster and blasting away at stormtroopers, right? Other than you might miss, yeah. Yeah, you might miss, but that's but there's really no risk associated. Right. Root West is one of the is is the only game I've personally played and been familiar with where and, and I haven't finished reading all the full of the new edition yet, but in previous editions. Uh, if you picked up a, a weapon, like a sword, that you weren't you did not know how to use, you weren't skilled at it, you had not been trained how to use that weapon, you could injure yourself. Ooh. And, and I love that because it's it's very true to real life. I mean Is RuneQuest the game you were talking about where you can literally die during character creation? No, no, that's travel. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's travel. That's a that's a whole different thing. Um but and it, but if 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 you were in combat, you know, and you pick up a katana or something and you start waving this about, there is a chance you could hit your leg or hit your arm or something. Uh, if you pick up a and I'm going to use this this example because it's a true life example. If you pick up a set of nunchucks, you know, and you're not trained on how to use them, as a 12 year old me can attest. Uh, and you're out in the front yard, you're whipping them around. It is possible you could, you know, almost break your elbow with it. Yeah, hurt like a son of a bitch. Uh, so I fell in love, you know, I, I, I love RuneQuest based on that. I'm not an expert in it by any means. Um, um, but I just got the starter set. And, and if you have a gamer in your life that plays tabletop role-playing games, if they're familiar with RuneQuest, you know, and, and everything, get it. If they're not familiar with RuneQuest, go ahead and get it, because they will love RuneQuest, I hope. But uh, that was when, when we talked about nerd gifts and stuff. Yeah, that was, that was the first one that popped into my head there. Sounds real nice. It's real nice, Clark. <laughs> um, well, speaking of not straying too far from our areas of whatever expertise um i went a little off off um my usual list here guys i'm gonna recommend a lightsaber for i know something new for me right like wow. never, i know i know Slow outside the box trying to be different here trying to be different here uh and this is not at all my own buyer's remorse manifesting itself on the show definitely not what's happening here but hey did you guys know Hasbro, uh, the Black Series, has a very, very nice replica of the Darksaber from Mandalorian and Rebels and Clone Wars. Uh, Retails for about $265.99. It is a one-to-one replica of the Saber specifically from Mandalorian Seasons 1 and 2. And I say that because when they actually made a physical prop for actors to hold for Mandalorian, they, they tweaked the design a little bit uh, from the cartoon to real life. So it's not based on the cartoon. It's based on the one from the show, which makes sense. Uh, it has a removable blade, uh, comes with a metal display stand. Uh, and in, in addition to all the normal things you'd want a lightsaber to do, it lights up. Uh, it has the the gradient ignition, so it looks like the blade is you know generating. Uh, it's got that custom flat edged blade that the dark saber has. Looks really cool. It's got the dark center and then the white LEDs on the edge. Um, it's got the hum and the flash on clash, uh, all those cool features you want your lightsaber to have. In addition, it has something I don't know if any other lightsaber before this does. 
Uh, and it's one of those super geeky details that I think Commander Scott pointed out to me the first time when we were watching Mando season two. So uh, in Mando season two, when Mando is fighting um, uh, Moff Gideon, uh, Gideon's got the dark saber. He's got the the spear, right? So when he's hitting the spear, we see the spear start to kind of like glow, like it's kind of melting almost. The dark saber does that. There's a spot on the dark saber where if you uh, hit it and then hold it, it has that like molten effect that will start to to creep into the light of the blade, which I thought was just like super cool detail. Neat. Yeah. Uh, Yes. The reason I pointed that out is because when uh, uh, what's her name is using that same staff against uh, Ahsoka uh, Mm -hmm. lightsabers. The lightsabers don't do that. Correct. Yeah. But when he was and with the dark saber, it was doing that. So same with when Ahsoka, when when um, um, Mando blocks uh, Ahsoka's lightsabers with his gauntlets, which are Beskar, uh, they don't have that molten effect. So, yeah. um, but I think you're onto something there, Scott. But it's cool, uh, and even further evidence that you're probably onto something is that they included that feature in the toy. So yeah. sorry, mm-hmm. the replica, not a toy. <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> Well, so so why buyer's remorse, John? Because you wanted uh, to buy that instead of some other lightsaber you bought? No, I wouldn't give up any of my lightsabers, but uh, I did cancel my pre-order on this one uh, so I could afford to buy the one I built at Disney. Um, but yeah, I, I keep looking at it. And God, it's so pretty, Jay. Jay, it's so pretty. Uh, and and I and specifically I picked the Hasbro Black series over the Disney Parks version, and here's why. Uh, at face value, they look very much like the same lightsaber because they should, because they're both replicas of the same lightsaber. Uh, there are some differences though. Um, the Disney Parks version, which first of all you can only get at the Disney Parks, uh, since the Legacy Collection is what they call it, um, not fully one-to-one screen accurate. The, the uh, upper half of the saber from the, the handguard up is a little bit wider than the rest of it. It should be uniform. Uh, the reason it does it on the legacy saber is because there's, there's two different ways to attach the blade. Um, the legacy saber from the Disney parks, it just kind of pops on and pops off. Similar to the, uh, the way the regular legacy saber blades detach, it just kind of pops in and you can pop it back off again. Um, it does lock into place. Um, but to to fit the the blade, um, it, it snaps directly into the saber. On the Hasbro version, you have to you got to do a little jiggery. Um, you've got to detach part of the shroud of the upper part to put the blade and put the shroud back on. So it's it's a little more involved of a process, but it looks full on screen accurate. Uh, Disney also, for some weird reason, included the cover tech wheel at the bottom of the saber, which it shouldn't have. Uh, it should have a D-ring. Um, I don't know why they put that on the Disney Parks version. Uh, they're both nice, I won't lie. Um, this one's more expensive, but it comes with more stuff. It comes with its own display stand and whatnot. Um, but uh, I think this one is more one-to-one replica, uh, more true to what we see in the show. Um, it's got, uh, it looks like it's just better over overall, better engineered. Uh, but it is more expensive, so take that but you can get it online versus hiring a smuggler to get it for you from the parks so yeah uh, yeah 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 there you go nice. i know way outside of the comfort zone right yeah 
don't know. Cool. Jay? So, uh, so I think back to my days as a younger man, um, getting a $10 bill, walking over to Kennedy Mall, and wasting my day in Aladdin's castle. I'm so glad you said that. Just playing games all day. You know, you you put in your fiver, you get in, you get out an extra. I think it was like you get four more extra tokens when you put in a five dollar bill than what you yeah. should get. Yeah. And uh, you just like a perch. Yeah. Like, look at all my tokens. Right. And then you I'm waste half of, of it. Castle. <laughs> <laughs> you waste half of it on time crisis. I was just going to say that you immediately plugged the first two bucks in a time crisis for. Yeah. And had have a good old time, but for the low, low price of about $500, oh. you can relive, you can relive part of that experience. The walking to the mall experience. Is that what I can recreate? No, no, no. no. That you can recreate anytime. Oh, okay. But at, the Walsmarts, they are selling old school gaming cabinets. And one of the old school gaming cabinets that you can get is X-Men versus Street Fighter. Ooh. Okay. These, yeah. these are the ones that are like 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 half scale, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, they are not true to size. They come with the screen. You have to put it together yourself. Uh, but the good thing is you don't have to put any quarters. In it. Uh, unfortunately, you can only play the games that are on it. But again, if you're a nerd or a geek, you don't care because you're like, yes, I want this. Um, this one in particular has uh, X-Men Children of the Atom. Marvel versus Capcom Clash of Superheroes uh, and X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. So there's uh, multiple games in one cabinet? Yes. That's pretty sweet. Uh, it comes with the same things that you would get on a normal gaming cabinet, joystick buttons, all that stuff. Um, and again, like Scott said, half the size or scaled down anyway. Uh, but hours and hours of endless fun, a lot of nostalgia, Um you know, it's the holidays. You're going to have friends and family visiting it. You can take turns. A lot of them are multiplayer. Well, most of them are two player at least. Uh, and well, you know, if, if X-Men versus street fighters, not your cup of tea, they do also have teenage mutant Ninja turtles. Yeah. You're talking. Uh, so they have a lot of different, not a lot, but they have different options for a gaming cabinet and again it only comes with like games within that realm and there's usually only three or four per cabinet but again for the low low price of only five hundred dollars you can have your slice of you can have yourself a little slice of nostalgia see that it just seems way too expensive for that i mean you could go get plywood uh, and make yourself a rudimentary cabinet and, and grab an emulator and stuff. You could probably put one together for less than 200, less than a hundred, probably if you're really thrifty. <clears throat> 500 just seems way too expensive for, for, for those. Well, well you know, compared to trying to buy an actual arcade cabinet from the 90s, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. And these are smaller, so you can fit more of them in your your rec room or whatever. But so this reminds me of when I had my first apartment way back when. Um, I went to an auction. A friend of mine recommended it was done weekly to try and find some furniture, you know, for my new apartment. Right, my first apartment. And so we went down and like. This guy, what he what he did was he collected stuff all during the week to have at his auction. It was all like handmade cherry bedroom suits and stuff. So this stuff's going for, you know, way more than you know a a, a twenty year old with his first apartment is 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 going to be able to afford. But he had a a Karnov arcade cabinet sitting there, and he gets to it. And he's like, okay, I got this. I fixed it out, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work. The manual is there. The boards are in it, but it doesn't function. Uh, it, it, you know, it, 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 he, he opened the bidding, and nobody was bidding on it. So it kept coming down, coming down, coming down. And finally, he's like, who give me 10 bucks for it? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so my first piece of furniture in my apartment was, was this, this cabinet. And what I wound up doing, because I couldn't figure out how to fix it, was I gutted it? Uh, I I mounted the television, a CRT TV, into it. Put all this stuff back on, and behind the coin uh, front, I, I put an original NES. Hooked that up to the TV, and and I gutted a NES Advantage, and I soldered the connections onto the the the, the main controls because I, I I figured out that they were pretty much the the, the same layout, and I, I knew what to solder to what. So I wired the, the the cabinet controls into the NES. I could play any NES game that I had on on, on an arcade cabinet. Off like that's it. that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. You also just inspired a new idea for Big Two. Big Electric Boogaloo. Big Part Two. Electric Big. Boogaloo. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, who's now fully grown, is uh, at, a, at a state auction, and a Zoltar machine pops up. Yeah, that'd be nice. Cool. I'm pretty yeah. sure Tom Hanks was fully grown in the last that movie too. Yeah, but now like not like magically grown, like he's just it's Tom Hanks now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's re- it's reverse big, so he gets it. Yes. Now, he's, now he's middle aged and and you know he wants so, to be young again. Wants to be young again. Yeah. Uh, Call us, uh, <laughs> Paramount, Touchstone, whoever the hell had that movie. <laughs> Touchstone. There's. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about cashing in on nostalgia. That might be a little too on the nose. Remember the movie Big when you were a kid? Do you wish you could be that kid again? Have we got the movie for you? <laughs> Come on down to Zoltar's Come. Emporium. That that I'm depressed be. and in my thirties, the movie. <laughs> uh yeah, maybe two on the nose on that one. Okay, anyway, moving on. Sciatic acting up? You got bursitis? <laughs> Kids getting on your nerves? Back pain? <laughs> Grandkids? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, anyway, moving on. Now that we're all depressed. Uh, where are we uh, about to? Scott? Uh, give me just a second. Go ahead. Okay. All right, then. Uh, I'm just going to jump on and say, because uh, I, I tried to put mine in, like, um, descending Chron- order of... Chronological uh, order? Well, descending order of how expensive they were. Uh, descendants? No, I would never recommend the Descendants. It's terrible. 
It's a terrible show. Uh, also from Hasbro, who was not sponsoring this episode, but they totally could. Hasbro, call us. We will shield out for Hasbro. We will be Hasbros for Hasbro. And <clears throat> this came out, oh God, like a year ago um, because the movie it's based on kept getting pushed back, but the product came out anyway. Um, this is perhaps one of the finest uh, high-end toys. I, I don't, I hesitate to call it a replica because it really isn't a replica, uh, but it's a very high-end toy. Um, but if you have ever dreamed of strapping on a proton pack and firing a proton gun or neutrono on or whatever you want to call it, um, forget the pack part because it's heavy and you're in your 30s and your sciatic is out enough. Forget the pack. Just get the Neutrona gun because that's the f- most fun part of the pack. And Hasbro's got you covered with their Spengler one, uh, which came out over a year ago. Um, retails for 125 plus shipping, uh, which is really a steal for what you get with this. Um, I believe it's about to be restocked come February uh, or a new... Uh, um, not restock, but they're gonna they do another run of them basically. Um, again, one to one scale replica of the proton gun as seen in Ghostbusters Afterlife, specifically the one tweaked by Egon Spengler. So it's got the fake wood foregrip, um, the green tape on the handle. Uh, it has lights, sound, vibration. So when you fire it up and turn it on, you get that rumble like there's something like you know you really got something in there. Um, got multiple fire modes uh, with different lights and sound effects that go with each one um, and it is 100% compatible with the proton pack they're putting out uh, it's also built uh, if you already have a proton pack and just want to upgrade your gun uh, it's got two different um, caps for the end of the gun one is specifically designed for you to be able to attach a split loom hose onto and rock good to go it's also got the Dixie cup holder already built onto it so you're good to go uh, they knew who they were making this for. Um, I have the the earlier sort of version from Mattel, the Batty Collector wand. <coughs> it served me well for many years, but it's about to get retired because this thing is just night and day better. Um, the quality is better. It, it feels better. I don't know how to describe it. It's the, the way the switches flick on and off, just, it feels right. Scott, you've held one. You know what it's like. Um, yeah, overall, it, it is a wonderful product. Um I love the fact that they included the the video game modes. Yes. Uh, into it, uh, which while I don't think we're gonna see the video game packs or anything like on screen, um, it, it tells me though that 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 Hasbro and Sony are aware. You know that that it was mm-hmm. and people still love it. Uh, it's at least in their mindset. Yeah, like uh, I said, they they know who they were making this for. Uh, yeah. Like this, this was definitely built with Ghostbuster cosplayers in mind. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is good. the the whole The whole power on sequence is is I believe it's movie accurate uh, with the way the new Ghostbusters Afterlife pack you know works because uh, we get a clear we get a clear look at at the controls yes. uh, in this new movie. Uh, yeah, it, it is it is wonderful, and I I keep debating on getting one. Uh, I, I keep looking at it, and I just don't pull the trigger because I've got so many other things that I do. But uh, it is well oh, worth. You, you- it. You don't pull the trigger, Scott. You push the button. <laughs> no, no. There's, there's hey, a little Ghostbuster humor for you. There's the trigger at the end, you know, right up there next to the tip. That's what's what you what you hold yep, on. That's to it. Mm-hmm. Yep, nailed it. Yep. Yeah, that's why it's called the trigger. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I I want to pick up a second one because I want to uh, mod it to look like the um, standard um, Neutrona wand, uh, and I don't want to. I want to keep mine preserved as is. It also comes with a really nice display stand. It's sitting on my shelf right now, next to three of my six lightsabers. Um, what? I can quit problem. whatever I want. Uh, no, I don't. No, I don't, Jay. Oh, Your oh, problem is you don't have enough lightsabers. How many lightsabers do you have right now, Jay? Zero. Yeah, that's way too few. That's I, We can fix that. Okay, J- John, we would like you to know we're all your friends here. This is a safe place. Uh, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> On a very special episode of Nerd Alert. <laughs> you know what would make me feel less scared if I had a lightsaber in my hand? Oh, oh wait! You have six to choose from. I do, and one could be any color I want it to be. It's awesome. Yeah, but you you know what you don't have? The Hasbro Darksaber. You don't. know. So pretty. No, no. It's going to be strong. Anyway, Hasbro Spengler Wand is my second recommendation. Uh, whether you're planning to ever build your own proton pack or looking to upgrade one you have or you're just a fan and you want a cool again i i hesitate to call it a replica uh because it is made of plastic it's not a full-on like metal replica of what you're seeing on on screen but it is as close as you're going to get while being affordable um it's it's awesome it's everything you could want out of it uh it's even got the little uh hook on the back for uh to clip it on your belt like they they did their homework it looks fantastic it's got everything ghostbuster nerd could want can't recommend it highly enough all righty did i solve for time enough for you scott yeah you did thank you uh, I, I had something going on sorry about that um <laughs> ectoplasm everywhere <laughs> is that what we're calling it now ectoplasm <laughs> everywhere I was telling Jay before the show. So if you take, you know, I mean, if, if you really want to have some fun, you take some peanut butter, some no. oil, no. And, and an old banana peel. No. And stop, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop what? you right there. What? Uh, this is a family show. No, it's not. <laughs> so I'm going to stop you right there. Describe it slower. <laughs> if you take peanut butter <laughs> and baby oil. Sorry. He did what I said. I can't get mad at him for that. <laughs> I was talking to. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Yes. Uh, uh, nerd and geek uh, Christmas gift ideas for people. Um, I'm going to continue on my uh, uh, my my uh, uh, championing uh, the the plight of the uh, the gamer. Uh, <laughs> you know this plate? Are you seeing all this plate? <laughs> There's some lovely muck over here. Uh, no, you don't get the voice right at all. We'll have Sorry. to get on sometime. Um, but uh, uh, especially the 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 older gamer, the older tabletop gamer in in your your uh, your circle that you want to buy a gift for. Um, there is a company called Goodman Games. That over this is actually kind of a series of gifts. Uh, it, 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 it's not just one item; it, it, it's a bundle. Um, has partnered with Wizards of the Coast, and if you don't know who Wizards of the Coast is, they are the company that currently produces the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, currently, I've never heard of it. It's 
fifth edition. I know it's a little known game, a uh, very, very <laughs> like nobody, nobody really knows it. Um, but they've partnered with them uh, to take uh, the old D and D first edition, D and D second edition, advanced Dungeons and Dragons second edition modules, the popular ones, the classics, if you would, uh, the classic Dungeons and Dragons adventurers updating them for 5th edition, which is the current edition of the game, and republishing them. Um, and the uh, here recently, within the last couple of months, the latest one just released. Uh, and it is the 5th edition uh, update for the Temple of Elemental Evil, one of uh, the original uh, campaigns uh, that was done for, for uh, AD&D 2nd edition. Uh, and I, I never played through this one. I did have the box set for Return to the Temple of Elemental Evil way back in the day, but I'm sorry, I said AD&D 2nd edition. This, I think it was the actual 1st edition one. I'm not sure. Um, it is a two-volume set. Uh, it is immensely heavy. I, I, it, I mean, the two volumes, they come in a slipcase. It's a beautiful slipcase. Um, these books, uh, I think this thing weighs almost 15 pounds, like total. Uh, fully updated for for fifth edition and stuff. It's got a hundred dollar price point, but it is well worth it if you can find a copy of it because I think they're waiting on the second run now. Um, uh, but you know, if you've got an old school gamer that loves D and D, has been playing D and D, you know, since the glory days, uh, and 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 they they have a gaming group, but they would love this product. Also, um, from them, uh, from Goodman Games, in this same vein. Uh, you can get uh, Into the Borderlands, which once again is a reprint of an original D&D adventure. Uh, not just a reprint, of course, it's updated for 5th edition. This is all, this is all new, new reimagining. Um, uh, the original uh, uh, adventure is reincarnated in number two, The Isle of Dread. Um, uh, Expedition to Barrier Peaks, The Lost City, and Castle Amber uh, are all the ones that are available. I mean, they've got, they've got their high-quality... Uh, wonderful art. Uh, they, I, where they they could, they used the original art, like for the covers and stuff. Uh, but I think they updated some of the art inside. I'm not sure. Uh, bookmarks the the whole nine. It, it's just they're wonderful products. Most of them are fifty, but the Temple of Elemental Evil is a hundred because it's two volumes. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend these. Okay. There you go. Nice. Anyway, what was the quest to reach your peaks? Reach your peaks? Maybe I heard that wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, expedition <laughs> to the barrier peaks. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, a that's, that's, that's a different. Uh, you're talking yeah, about had different a, things. Had a whole now. different peak in mind. <laughs> Reaching your peak. Come on now. Hey oh. <laughs> oh, wrong. <laughs> Jay, we're back to you, bud. Uh, all right, John. Jay, I have a question for you. Twelve. Do you like Legos? I love Lego. Do you like Star Wars? Never heard of it. You mean How? like you mean like Battlestar Galactica? Uh, no, no, Star Wars oh. with um with Lance Cloudhopper. Yeah, that's the guy. And um and uh. Hank, Hank Loner. 
Stan duo. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, you like Legos. I love Lego. You like Star Wars. I love Star Wars. What you then need is the Lego Star Wars Imperial Star Destroyer. Um, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Um. This thing is a giant. Okay? Giant. And it's in the Ultimate Collector series. Okay? Which means it is not safe for children. It's not a toy. It is like a giant 3D puzzle. Uh, I'm not sure how many hours it takes to put together. Um, but it is a replica of Darth Vader's Star Destroyer from A New Hope or, you know, Rogue One. Um, it comes with the the Tantiv. Was it the Tantiv 4, I think, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. It comes with the Tantiv 4. It's a little Tantiv 4 that actually fits into the hangar bay on the bottom of the Star Destroyer. Um, the Star Destroyer itself comes with a display stand and a little Lego placard that describes it and tells you stats and specs about it. Uh, it also comes with a couple little Lego figurines because no Lego set would be complete without Lego figurines. Uh, again, I'm not sure how long it takes to put together. Uh, I didn't look to see, I can look real quick, uh, how many pieces it is. Give me one second here. Okay. It's 4,784 pieces. That's a lot of bricks. That's a lot of Lego bricks. Uh, 4,784 pieces. Um, the, the picture that you see, like, cause I just kind of looked it up on Amazon again real quick, but the picture that you see, it is basically like a three foot long star destroyer. When everything's said and done. That is huge. Uh, the thing, let me see if there's some, here we go. So, on his display stand, it measures over 17 inches high, 43 inches long, and 26 inches wide. Still on the Star Destroyer? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, there is one downfall. There's one major... It's a coffee table? That's that Major, <laughs> major downfall. Okay? Okay. That major downfall is the retail price is six hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety five cents. Whoo! Um, so uh, I mean, it could be six hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety six cents. Right. <laughs> uh, so you're talking about you're right, Scott. Ah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, sorry, I got distracted again. I got sidetracked. So that might he was be out of all the things he could do with the Star Destroyer if he had one. Yeah. Hang well, it from his ceiling. With I would play with it. I'd be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Uh, anyway, if that's a little out of your budget, it's understandable. That's an expensive piece of Lego to buy. There is something in the same realm, and I kind of 
put these two things together because one sort of goes towards the geeky end of things with the Star Destroyer. But if you love Legos and you're a nerd, you'll also appreciate this. The Lego Ideas uh, Apollo 5, Apollo 5, Apollo Saturn 5 rocket, the Apollo 11 model. Oh. So the Saturn 5 rocket uh, is 1,969 pieces, giggity. <laughs> thought you were going to say for dollars. I was like, good Lord. Um, it is, it says on here, it measures over 39 inches. I have one and I can tell you for sure that it is a very long model once it's all put together. But the coolest thing about it is it separates into its different stages. That is cool. So like once you put it together, you can separate it like the stage one booster, the stage two, and then and um and then it also comes with a lunar module that connects to the command module. Ooh. Uh, and it also has a uh two little mini figurines. They're not like the cool Lego figurines with like movable arms but they're two little astronauts that are like kind of to scale with the rest of the rocket but not quite uh so the good thing about this the saturn 5 is that it is only 120 dollars that is more affordable uh so either way if you really want to splurge and get the what was it like 5,000 piece star destroyer that costs seven hundred dollars. You could do that, and it's the size of a coffee table. Yep. Or, which would be awesome. It'd be a great talking piece. Or <laughs> you get uh, your Saturn V rocket that does separate out into different stages. Uh, mine is just on its display legs, like so. It comes with you have to put together the little display sort of holder, and uh -huh. it's three sections. So it's just like three different little Lego pieces that you put together. And you can lay the rocket horizontally and just sort of display it. Um, but it's still neat. Like I said, it's really neat because it does come apart. Uh, and the lunar module actually folds up and fits inside where it would go on the actual rocket. So that's pretty awesome. I figured if anybody, Scott would really probably love the Saturn V rocket. Oh, I would love the Saturn V rocket. It's it's so much fun. It took me uh, about a solid three and a half to four hours to put everything together. Um, but it was definitely worth it at the end. It has also made two different moves, three different moves. <laughs> and is still in one piece. Uh, there was only one minor incident. Uh, we had a we had a minor accident it that re required some cosmetic repair. Did where you, where you stir, stir the tanks? I, I, did you say Houston, we have a problem. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did. Yes, it. Uh, the stage one came off in transportation. I was carrying it, and the stage one booster fell off, and. Stage one is supposed to separate during transit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this was a this was an unplanned separation. Oh, I see. It was a premature separation. Yep. Premature separation. I mean, it is a pretty old rocket. It doesn't. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. It can't perform the way the rockets. <laughs> We're not talking about the rocket anymore, are we, Jay? <laughs> it's you know, it, it's just it's it's not as long as it used to be. <laughs> it was in the pool. It was in the pool. <laughs> it was. It's just a thing. Anyway. Okay, I'm sure the I'm sure the wife made do with you know uh, the the rest of the stages. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Legos are always a great idea, and if you want to splurge and spend seven hundred dollars, um, I will send you my address to you listeners that would like <laughs> to buy me that Star Destroyer. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna make you upset. Okay. I know somebody uh-huh. who has one of these sets. Now, not 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 the starters, not the Imperial starter story that you're talking about. Uh-huh. I know somebody who has the Executor or the Executor, uh-huh. uh, which is the Super Star Destroyer. Uh-huh. Yeah, Lego set. Uh-huh. This thing's about four feet long. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. You know how much? Everybody? How much you paid for it? Nothing. <laughs> it was left in the house that he currently owns by the former occupant. Too big to get out the front door. Sorry, because it was too big to fit out the front door. <laughs> and it, it goes with the house. It's your problem now. Have fun with it. Well, not only not only was the superstar destroyer left behind, but the Lego's Death Star. Uh, the Lego Shuttle Titerium. Uh, and a heart attack. Breathe, <laughs> babe, breathe. And what was the last one, Scott? Uh, I don't remember the last one off, off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Because uh, he's Does got he a couple. Uh, no, I don't think the Falcon. It was, uh, I think it's uh, uh, Anakin and Ahsoka's shuttle from uh, Clone Wars. Were they put together? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, they were put together fully on display stands and everything. Well, that see, then I don't feel as bad. Yep, uh, and and yeah. and he he contacted the former occupant and said, "Hey, you're, you know these are still here, you know, blah blah blah." And they're like, "Ah, oh, it's okay, you can keep them." <sighs> Bastards. <laughs> yep. Well, I know where we'll have to go next time Jake comes for a visit. Uh, well, <laughs> sorry, I just because you brought it up and I wanted to point it out. Okay. Okay. Um, because it was you talked about it, and I just want you to know that there are more than just the Star Destroyer in the Ultimate Collectors series. And because you mentioned it, I had to tell you because I look at these these Lego sets at least once a year and dream about buying them because they're so out of my price range. Uh, the Lego Star Wars Millennium Falcon Ultimate Collectors Series. Okay. 7,541 pieces. Any guesses on cost? 1,500. Sorry, 1,501. Close. $1, Bob. <laughs> uh, $1,112.67. Good God. That's insane. How many so, pieces? 7,541. 
Okay, gotcha. But I'm thinking that they are a little harder to find, a little harder to come by, which is why the price is probably so high. Probably. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. So there's another option. Um, you can email, you can mail that to the doc. Uh, uh, yeah, just the doc. The, the the post office knows where the doc is. It's okay. Yep. I'm I'm either here or not. Well, aren't we? All, <laughs> all right. Anyway, that's my Legos. Lego was always a great gift for the geek in your life, no matter how old they are. You I, never had girl Lego. I never got into Legos because I never had any. Well, oh. I know what Scott's getting. I, I, I've never and I'm not getting him a set. I'm just going to get him a giant tub <laughs> of Lego. And like, here, go nuts. The uh, the only things Lego I have ever owned in my life, I've got the uh, the Ghostbusters Ecto-1 mm-hmm. that came out. Uh, and for a while on Xbox, uh, yeah, Xbox One, I played Lego Dimensions. So uh, I actually enjoyed them. I miss Legos. I miss my Legos. Those are pretty fun. Lego was what I did to cope uh, when the pandemic first hit and we were all in lockdown because uh, I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. So I went to my mom, uh, my parents' house, and I literally took our giant blue tub of Lego from when we were a kid and hauled it home. And I would just sit there and have Netflix or whatever on and uh, build spaceships. And uh, within a month or so, I had a fleet of like eight spaceships. Nice. Apparently, all I, all I know how to build is a, a spaceship. That's all I know how to build. We should have made a game out of that. Why didn't we make a game out of that? <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is the Lego movie. Spaceship? Yep. Spaceship! That is me. I am that guy. I'm 1980s spaceman. That's all I know how to build. Nice. Uh, yeah, I wish Lego had uh, the the Star Trek license and the Star Trek sets, but they don't. the The only ones that do the Star Trek license are the what, were they Mega Blocks or something? I don't know what the hell they are. And Mega Blocks yeah. suck. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I like their bridge. They got a nice bridge. There, I said it. Mega Blocks suck. Mega Blocks are to Lego as GoBots were to Transformers. <laughs> you're yes. not even the you're not even the real Voltron. Uh, yeah, yeah stupid car one no one cares about <laughs> uh, okay anyway uh scott i think we're I think, back, I think we're back we, i do i went twice so i think we're back to scott yeah so uh there was something i came across here recently that uh is just so awesome i'm thinking about picking one up for myself i'm not sure uh it's on uh uncommon goods Okay. Uh, it's listed as Celestial Desktop Timekeepers. Ooh. Okay. They are working historical reproductions of astronomical clocks. So, um, it's it's a brass dipped uh, instrument. It comes with a little hanging stand. Uh, uh, the uh, I, I, there, there's two of them basically that you get. So you get uh, an astronomical ring dial, which is a reproduction of a 17th century spherical sundial 
Uh, and then you, then you get a a Noctilabe, not to be confused with an Astrolabe, but a Noctilabe. Actually, I think they're, they're almost interchangeable, but I'm not sure. Uh, based on a six, 16th century artifact. Uh, both of these are, the actual artifacts are on display in the British Museum. These, of course, are brass-dipped um, uh, uh, replicas of them, and they come on a nice little stand they can hang off of. The astronomical ring uses your position relative to the sun to cast a ray of light through the device onto its timekeeping dials. So it's like it's like a pocket portable sundial that you can orient yourself and tell the time of day with. But at night, you can pull out the Noctilabe, and it determines the hour and minute by aligning with the stars found in the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper. Uh, and and this just uh, just just totally appeals to the nerd in me. So much you can't can't even imagine. I, I want these because I want I really really want to just have them in my pocket for that one time that somebody asks what time it is, uh, and I pull this out uh, and I I align myself to the sun or I align myself to the big and little dipper, and and I I do the calculations and I accurately tell them what time it is by analog 16th century measurements. Uh, 15 minutes after the guy next to them pulls out their phone and tells them what time it is. But still. <laughs> you get style points. It's all good. <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I love stuff like this. And I found them. They, they look really gorgeous. Uh, and they're affordable, too. They're like 40, 50 bucks. It's not bad. Not each. That's for the set. So. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love stuff like this. It's just, it just once again appeals to the nerd in me. So that might be the nerdiest thing on here. <laughs> I have a lot of nerds. So far, anyway. So yeah, I know this one doesn't. I don't have much to speak to because I don't. I don't have practical ex- uh, uh, application for these. But yeah, uncommongoods.com. Um, uh, go check it out. It's uh, it's good. Celestial desktop timekeepers. Nice. All good. There you go. Jay. John. Jay. Do you like Nerf guns? Do I? I mean, I... Do you like the movie Aliens? Yeah, yes, I'm I'm vaguely familiar with that movie. Then I think what you need is the Nerf Aliens M41A pulse rifle. Yes, I do. So it is a Nerf version of the pulse rifle from the movie. Um the paint scheme is that of the power loader, that sort of yellow with uh black caution. Um, it shoots darts. It has a removable magazine. And I'm fairly certain that you can shoot something out of the grenade launcher. You can. Uh, I don't know what, but something. Um, there's a trigger. There's a pump. I'm guessing it's one of those giant. I'm guessing it's either going to be a giant Nerf ball or one of those like rockets from like the little grenade launcher mp uh or m14 that it's they a made. nerf mega dart ah that's a nerf mega dart uh did i steal one nope 
for me. No, you're good. John. Hmm? Oh. No, no, you're good. Anyway, um, it comes in a it comes in a really cool box. Um, it's just everything that a nerd would ever want out of a Nerf gun. Uh, and what makes it great is that it's not only the replica of the pulse rifle, it's also a working Nerf gun. So it's not like, I know you have a replica pulse rifle that's an airsoft gun, uh, which that would not feel nice if you got hit. And I'm not saying getting hit with a Nerf dart feels nice, but it's a little safer than a uh, uh, airsoft gun. That would be a so, fair assessment. This is this is one of those nerd gifts where like it's not like the Millennium Falcon or the Star Destroyer or the Saturn V rocket where you're just going to sort of put it together and leave it there. It is you are going to take it out and you're going to play with it, you're going to shoot it, you're going to reload it, you know. You're going to recite the speech that Hicks gives to Ripley. <clears throat> I think you did you a close personal friend of mine. This is the M41A Pulse Rifle, 10 millimeter explosive tip caseless, with over under pump action grenade launcher. Feel the weight. <laughs> what is this? Oh, that's a grenade launcher. He don't want to mess with that. You started this. I can handle myself. I noticed that. <laughs> if we let him keep going, he'll quote the rest of it, Scott. I will. I am completely fine with this. We are on an express elevator to hell going down. <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this Don't drop. worry. Me and my squad of ultimate badasses will protect you. And I just love how as soon as you said, quote the movie, I immediately went to Hudson. <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this drop. You're always saying that. You always got a bad feeling about this drop. I, I want to get us some more of that Arturian poontang. When you had was a male. Hey, when it's Arturian, it don't matter, baby. <clears throat> All right. Anyway. I heard this was a rescue op. There's some juicy colonist daughters we have to rescue from their virginity. Look into my eye. <laughs> you want me to go catch? You want me to go uh, fetch your slippers for you? Gee, would oh. you, Sarge? I'd like that. Come here, Hudson. Come here. <laughs> it's a bug hunt. All right. Anyway. Yep. Uh, uh, what were we doing? Something. I don't know. Somebody said aliens, and I just drifted off. Uh, blacked out for a second there. Um, the unfortunate thing is, if you didn't pre-order it, you, you're not going to get it. <laughs> uh, unless you wait for it to come out again. So... I was the one of the unfortunate ones that did not pre-order it, so. But you had a wedding to put to to pay for, so you know. Yeah, I know. So, well, there's always next year. Maybe they'll come out with a Nerf Smart. Hey, Jerry. Huh. What if I told you I already backed it? You. you... I I have one coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have one coming. Yeah. Okay. Well, that do the math, Jay. I have the airsoft one, and now I'm going to have the Nerf one. How many pulse rifles is that? Yeah, but you're going to have both of them. I want my own. Okay, fine. I was going to follow that up with you make the armor and let's do the costume, but okay, fine. 
I want my own. Okay, anyway. Gonna yeah. give you your choice of whichever one you wanted to carry. Obviously, I'm gonna go with the Nerf one that's got the power loader color. Oh, I'm repainting it as soon as I get it. Oh. Yeah, no, right. It's getting repainted right off the bat. Yeah. That's too bad. Well, probably not right off because I'm lazy. But anyway. anyway uh, Nerf gun, pulse rifle, good times. Uh, where are we at? I don't know. Okay. You're in Kentucky. I'm in Iowa. Thank you. Thank you. That was an answer worthy of me. Thank you, sir. Yep. <laughs> You're a bad influence, Coy. Uh, <laughs> I think we're on me. Because it's, uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, here's what we're going to do. Really going to get outside the wheelhouse here. Vigima games. You guys know them. You play them, right? You know, like Pong yep. and whatnot. Frogger. Yeah. Do you guys like Farm Simulator? Yes. No, shut up. You shut up. <laughs> Farm Simulator. Do you guys like science fiction? Uh, yes. Do you like games where you can create your own character? Ye- 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 yes. Yes. Not, not a true question. Just yes or no. It's okay. Ye- yes. Yes. Do you yes. guys like third person shooters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well that wasn't as enthusiastic <laughs> do you like choosing from multiple classes uh, part of create your own character i guess so, yeah right. do you like a sprawling narrative on the level of game of thrones but good uh or star wars where every decision you make affects the outcome of your story no, I like guns. Where are the guns at, John? Do you He's like lost lots and lots of guns, Jay? Yeah, Do you like, yeah, like yeah. six different classes of guns that you can mix and match and choose between? Yeah, can I connect them together? Uh, you can carry them all on you at one time. Oh, but can I connect them together? You can upgrade them. Can I put a handle on a Mark 19? You, can, uh, you don't need one. Cause, uh, do, do you like... Uh, 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 combat that not only involves guns but also superpowers. Is this is this? Um... It's Mass Effect. I'm talking about Mass Effect. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> oh, that's nice. the the best bang for your buck you will get out of any video game this season or any is the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, it's the remastered edition to the first three Mass Effect games in the series. It's for uh, Xbox and PlayStation 4. I am serious. It is now $40 on GameStop's website. That is three full games for $40. And that is not just three games, but three games that together form one giant narrative that you can port your same character from game to game and, and all your stats and your abilities from game to game and, and play through the entire trilogy with one character. Let their powers combine. <laughs> Let them fight. Uh, Mass Effect, and I will not stop preaching this, is one of the best game series ever created. It is everything you love about fantasy role-play games, character creation, sprawling narrative, uh, the whole putting together your party kind of thing, and, and uh, the, the your... your um, 
your party in D and D and here, I guess you'd call it your squad mates. Uh, it's all that, but combined with the best parts of good science fiction, I'm talking like OG star Trek and, and, and star Wars kind of stuff here, multiple races, lots of politics stuff going on conflicts. You can choose a side or not choose a side on decisions. You make will affect the outcome of the story, especially as the game progresses. Do you let certain species die or do you save them? Things like that. Um, and, and every game is packed with that, with with tons of hours of, of bonus missions. And and like Scott likes to do just driving around on planet surfaces and the uh, the the Mako and running over rocks and shooting stuff. Um, you can do that all day. Um, I can't recommend these games enough. They're wonderfully, wonderfully crafted games. And and for forty dollars, that is the steal of the holiday season. Uh, to get all of them on your system, that's crazy, man. It's just the fact that we're getting uh, uh, re- not remake, but like uh, uh, upgraded versions of the original three games to play on current gen systems. That alone is awesome. But the fact that all three of them were in one game, that's awesome. That's like that's the dream, man. That that's it's it's amazing. If you ever wanted to be your own Captain Kirk. Here's the closest you're going to get in video game form. I've started playing the first one. I, I don't remember how far I've gotten into it, but I got sidetracked on other things. So I need to get back to that. You do. Because the first game is the worst. I've heard, but I'm also a completionist. So. No, no, that's fine. And that's fine. Because, again, you can port your character from game to game, um, which is fun. And you can also you can sort of respec your character between games a little bit if you want to. Um, pick different classes between games and stuff. So if you picked a class that you're not crazy about in the first game, you can reassign it in the second game uh, or play with stuff like that. It's it's awesome, man. Um, and, and I say that the first game is the worst as, as a measure of, like, that's how good these really are. Because the first game is great. Uh, it's definitely got the strongest story. Uh, but the gameplay is not quite there yet. It's it's gets much more polished by the second game. All right. so that's my second pick. And I know I talk about it a lot, but I can't overstress how fantastic this game series is and how just joyful I am that they even that they brought them to current gen systems at all, but that they did so and that they could have like they would have gotten 60 bucks out of me for all three games remastered but they put them all in one collection and now it's 40 bucks so there you go i'll stop talking mm, about it yeah i like it i like it have you met the krogan yet scott i don't know okay that's where you work right <laughs> <sighs> moving on <laughs> Come on, that was a good one. I li- I liked talking about work in the middle of a podcast. What's wrong with you? It was funny. The Krogan Kroger, get it? Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. Funny? What funny ha ha? What I amuse you? Funny how? How am I funny? <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just quoting Joe Pesci. There's worse things to quote than Joe Pesci. So where are we at? I think we're rest of Jason, right? Maybe. Um, 
I was gonna say I don't I don't really have any more really awesome ones. Those are the ones that I really wanted to cover. Um, if anybody else has any more, get one uh, more. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, okay. Well, again, uh, really going outside the wheelhouse now. Uh, you guys like board games? Board games? I know. I know. I know. So imagine a video game, but not a video. Uh, and it's on a board that you have to set up. Uh, and the rules uh-huh. get confusing, and Scott has to hold on to the rule book and look things up while you play it. And... <laughs> Sounds great, right? Yeah. 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 Anytime uh, I get to hold a rule book, I'm fine. That's my coxie. Uh, no, so. <laughs> and then I'm not, I'm not going to mention a single game. I'm going to, to plug a company uh, who is not sponsoring this episode, but totally could be. Uh, I'm talking about the... Hasbro? No. uh, They lost. They had their chance. They haven't contacted me since I brought that up on the show. So The show that we haven't posted for them to hear yet. Anyway, I'm talking about uh, Ravensburger Games and their library of board games. Um, I've talked about them on past shows. I will continue to talk about them in the future because they put out an amazing product at an affordable price. And you can find them on store shelves. You don't have to kickstart it now and then wait a year and a half to get it. You can drive to Target right now and pick up a copy. You could be playing it by the time we post this episode. Anyway, uh, Ravensburger is the company. Uh, they make all kinds of you know, puzzles and lots of stuff like that. But specifically, their board game division has knocked it out of the park recently. Um, they have the Jaws the Board Game is by, from them, which is a great uh, 3v1 board game. Three people are playing as, as uh, Hooper and Brody and Quint. One person is playing as the shark. There's two different phases. There's like the beach attack phase, and then there's the Jaws attacking the boat phase. It's an awesome, fun game. It totally captures the feel uh, of Jaws the movie within a board game while keeping itself affordably priced. All the games I'm going to bring up are between $35 and $45. Um, they also make Horrified, one of my favorite board games of all time, where you play as a group of heroes trying to save a village from the classic Universal Monsters. And you can mix and match which monsters you're fighting against uh, and stack monsters on top of each other. So, you know, two or three monsters in a game to make it more difficult and more challenging. It's awesome. Uh, they also just as you put out a new version called Horrified American Monsters, which is sort of uh, uh, rinse and repeat. Only instead of the Universal Monsters, you have classic cryptids like Bigfoot, Chupacabra, Jersey Devil, stuff like that. Um, haven't even played it yet, but the pieces are awesome. Uh, you may have heard of them. Villainous, uh, the Disney board game where you play as the Disney villains is from them. Uh, you, you choose a Disney villain and you're trying to uh, enact your evil scheme while everyone else is a different villain enacting their evil schemes and you can mess with people uh, to throw their scheme off course and things like that. Uh, there's a, a Marvel version of that called Marvel Villainous or I think Marvelous maybe. Uh, but again, same idea but you're the Marvel villains. Um, they've got Alien Fate of the Nostromo which we played uh, which I think is a really fun survival horror board game. Um, and then there's one that I haven't played yet because I don't own it, but it looks amazing. Uh, if you're a 90s kid, you remember Gargoyles? There's a Gargoyles Ooh, hey. board game. Gargoyles Awakening from Ravensburger. It looks awesome. Uh, you play as one of the Gargoyles fighting off uh, um, 
Xanatos and his his Steel Legion and whatnot. Uh, I was looking at pictures of the board and it looks awesome. It's like a, it's a 3D board. The the tower, the giant like tower apartment complex with the castle on top of it. That's like 3D on the board. Like you put it together, it looks awesome. Um, when, uh, when when you play, does Jonathan Frakes come over and play with you? Um, he should. He, he brings half the cast of Star Trek: The Next Generation with him too. All right, I say we get it. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, hey, he did tell me he you, liked my beard. <laughs> you you can only play the game at night if if the sun comes up and you haven't finished it. You all turn to stone. Uh, it's in the fine print. You had to read that. Uh, but yeah, their whole game library is awesome. Uh, even the ones I haven't played yet, I'm sure are amazing. But again, like I said, we talk about board games. Uh, a lot on this show not as much as we should but there's a whole other show for that uh we're fans of board games but more often than not the stuff we get is like hundred dollars and up and you had to get it on kickstarter and it's going to be 18 months until you actually get your hands on the game to play it and what i love about ravensburger is they're all under 50 bucks and like i said you can drive to target right now and go pick up a copy Uh, i've never walked through target and not seen stuff from them on shelves um so in, in this day and age being able to find something in a store on the shelf right now that's speaking a lot uh, i don't know how many times i've been to various stores looking for ghostbusters toys and i can't find shit because it hasn't been restocked or scalpers or cleaned them out or right or stuff like that so um i love the company uh the, their games are designed to be that everyone can play them so the, the rules are not super complicated uh, you usually usually kind of get the the flow of how the game works within one or two rounds, um, but they're really fun to replay. Uh, they give you cool little minis, but they're not like you know thousands of minis to keep the cost down on them. So I, again, I can't recommend them enough. Their whole library is awesome. Yeah, that's all I got. Nice. Um, I've only played the Jaws and the Horrified well, the Alien game as well. Uh, but uh, um, uh, I, I, they're very fun. I really like them. I, I especially like the Jaws one. And the uh-huh. reason I like the Jaws one so much is um, that's of the ones you mentioned that I played, I would recommend that one above the others. Okay. Uh, a Horrified is fun and it's good, but it, it tends to be very straightforward on what you have to do. Um, whereas the Jaws, the the one V all. Uh, aspect appeals to me but there's that other shark game that we played that one time at gen con and i can't remember the name of it it was like shark attack or something like that something yeah it was supposed to be it was it was billed as jaws the board game but without the ip yeah and that was just way over complicated that was that was there, there was so much to keep track of in that it wasn't funny this is simple, straightforward. It's got streamlined mechanics. It, it works very well. It's beautiful. It's easy to learn, and it's a satisfying game. I mean, you know, you're mm-hmm. you've got options to make it try to make it strategic, um, and uh, uh, yeah, it, it's good. I, I have yet to win as the shark, but I think I came close once. You came very close. Uh, I think Frankie literally won on like the last shot. So yeah. yeah, that that one be would be the one of those games I would highly recommend. We'll have to break that out next time Jay's here because I don't think Jay's played that yet. He hasn't. No. You can be Quinn. Quinn dies. But but you, you can change that. 
you have to do the the speech. <laughs> Which one? He's got so many. The 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 uh, uh, where they came back from delivering the bomb. The bomb. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. The, the USS Indianapolis. 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 Thank you. Um, I was just poking around. I just want to throw this out there. Uh-huh. Uh, I was poking around and I came across something. It was a list for Star Wars fans. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I'm just gonna throw these two things out there: Death Star Waffle Maker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Death Star popcorn maker. Oh, so the Death Star popcorn maker comes with its own bowl that is the top hemisphere of the Death Star. That's cool. Uh, and I'm assuming it looks like from just the picture that they have here, you put the top hemisphere on the bottom for storage, and uh, it pops in the bottom. Interesting. Into the bowl. So. Good times. I like it. Alrighty. Well, is that it, boys? I think so. Alrighty. So there you go. From three experts in the field. There are our suggestions for things to get the geek and or nerd in your life. From uh, what was the astrolabe thing Scott had? I forget what it was called. Oh, um, hang on, I've still got it up here. Uh, the uh, the, the, nope, that's not it. Uh, okay, I don't have it up anymore. All righty, from old timey star map things to Lego to Nerf guns based on movies we love and lightsabers and everything in between. That's what we recommend for the geek and or nerd this holiday season. Uh, this has been your weekly nerd alert.